Uh, hello, everyone. We are back again, and this week yep, yep. you had a you had an intro there, Hoss. I said yes, we are. Yeah, can't get rid of us. Even even when we're dead and gone, we'll still be out there haunting things and people. Yeah. So this week we are going to be looking at secondhand pimping. And you guys have heard us talk about this frequently, um, on especially on postings and and in passing. Um, and this was something that is probably in our top five of worst pet peeves, wouldn't you say, with other organizations? Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's yeah, it's and it's a problem that is prevalent in, in nearly every organization that you come across. It's going to be 90 out of 100 that are going to have this issue. And the other 10, usually it's only just because they're not they're not going the full uh, through the full gambit of, of how this would play out. Well, the thing is I think that a lot of them that are doing it just don't actually realize what they're doing. Yeah. Either that or they're just too ignorant yeah which, which is at this probably point, very true yeah at this point in the game i was going to say which which is more probable yeah yeah so well to define secondhand pimping for you guys it is where an organization or a law enforcement entity or really anyone who is involved with a victim who is now a survivor uh finds a way to exploit that individual for their own gain. And this, like I said, this falls upon both law enforcement and NGOs. Uh, For law enforcement, you'll see this a lot, mainly just because they think only inside the box of prosecutions. They don't really bother to concern themselves with the well-being of the survivor or the victim. Um, And in their heads, that's the job of others that's that's the psychologist the psychiatrist job that's the group home that they'll go to blah 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 but the um issue is that to take a someone out of a human trafficking situation a sexual exploitation situation and to use them only as a means to an end for a prosecution is what we would term secondhand pimping because you are using force, fraud, or coercion. And I use, I use the three there, Hoss. So don't jump through the phone at me. <laughs> um, it fits. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does fit. The problem is most, most of that, of those three magic words, are done by the people that preach them the most. Yes. Yep. And they use, I mean, think about it. They're sitting there with someone who's a victim and they start using force of, uh, of being in jail. They've got them restrained. There's, there's going to be flashbacks to situations that they were in, uh, while they were a victim where they were restrained or enclosed in a, in a space, not given any personal freedom. There's going to be fraud where they're going to tell them, Hey, this is what we could charge you with. Uh, when in reality, they may only be able to charge half of that or, or, you know, they don't explain fully what they mean when they say what they're going to charge them with. And then the coercion, you know, if you give us this information, we'll drop your charges or we'll do this, this, this for you. 
and they may or may not keep their word. And it's all for them because the mindset that I've seen in, in law enforcement, and you've got probably a lot more anecdotal stories than I do in that regard, Haas, but is they view the victim as being the, it's their fault that they're in the situation that they're in. And I don't know how, how many times have we seen that one? More than you want to really, more than you want to admit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where they'll, they'll treat them almost like a prostitute versus a victim. Well, generally because anybody that's involved in trafficking gets that tag. Yeah. You know, if you're a victim of trafficking in any way, shape or form, you're going to have that tag. It's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Because they have to. They have to find a tag on it. They have to find a name. They have to put some kind of a, a tag on to the person because that way they can get, you know, go through the rest of their protocol. Yeah. 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 You, you take away, uh, you take away the terms and the labels from them and they get really, really lost really, really fast. Yeah. In a heartbeat. And you guys, I mean, if you'll see that if you go into a police department and try to file anything, if they can't come up with a term for what's going on, then it's like, well, you're out of luck. We can't do anything. Well, you know, and, and I'm not trying to rag on law enforcement, but they use the term civil matter all the time. Yep. You know, that's just the general word to throw out there. Something they can't figure out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, law enforcement code for we don't want to help you or we have no idea how to help you. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I'm not trying to rag on law enforcement, you know. Uh, yeah, they they fulfill a very important role. It's just, it's a very one-dimensional role. Right. I mean, it, it happens, you know. You know, in, in, in my line of work, you know, I was told one time was, well, you know, you got ran, you got ran over by that car and well, that's just part of the job. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, so if, I pound the shit out of you right now. It's just part of the job and nothing's going to happen, right? <laughs> no, you'll get arrested. For what? Civil matter. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me, you know, like, uh. <laughs> so. <sighs> so, anyway. Yeah. So, back to our. Okay. Presentation. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, so I got law enforcement out of the way because I didn't want to spend too much time on them because we do realize that it's it's part of their job description, even though a lot of them aren't aren't terribly on fire with doing their job, especially when it comes to human trafficking. Drugs, man, they are all over that. But human trafficking victims, it's often just a means to an end for a prosecution. And that's the same with state, local, and federal law enforcement entities. So, but the ones that really, really burn us because you'd expect it from law enforcement because you realize their function, you know, it's a byproduct of their function. They could be trained. They could do better, but ultimately it's what we pay them to do. It's our tax dollars. We pay them to be law in enforcement. It's right in the name, but NGOs have no excuse groups that volunteer or are, brought together with grants or whatever else to combat human trafficking and or provide aftercare, 
have absolutely no excuse at all in when it comes to secondhand pimping out the victims that have come to them for help. And the biggest way that we see this, and this is probably one of the three pillars of why we don't take donations and we don't agree with organizations that make it about money um, is that when you are an NGO and victims are part of what you deal with in, in reference to human trafficking, sexual exploitation, and you use those victims and their stories as a way to fundraise or make money of some kind, you are doing the exact same thing that their trafficker did. You're exploiting them and their experiences for your own organization, for your own monetary gain. And this drives us crazy, like raving mad in some, in some instances, because these, these trafficking victims come out of these situations and they may not even realize it at first, but I think eventually because they're they've been in that environment, they pick up on on what's happening. And we've seen a couple of places where supposed survivors have walked out or left or even been kicked out because they weren't going to play that game. Well, and, and the survivors that we have amongst our organization, most you don't even know who they are. Yep. People don't yep. know who, who was and who wasn't because we don't point it out. Yeah. You know, if it, it, it's granted they're there, they're there because they want to be. Mm-hmm. We don't force anybody into anything other than what I, you know, when I kind of threw all the responsibilities at you, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help i'm being trafficked (laughs) so but but it's i mean as you always coin you know they'll they'll throw out the sarah mclaughlin music and and the the puppy videos you know yep just uh you know and and yeah it's it's a huge piece of ours i mean uh, anybody that's ever been around us in any kind of a uh, public situation or any kind of a uh training exercise or anything like that knows how we are about it Mm -hmm. Um, yep granted the one time we were at a uh what was that we were we were at one event and they had the gal telling her story in front of hundreds yeah it wasn't even her story yep they had scripted (laughs) yeah Well, and the funny thing was, is that we're our our team is the ones who had initially helped the victim whose story this was. So you were sitting there going, "Does this not sound familiar? Like really familiar?" So, I mean, yeah, the the, the people don't really understand. I think that of what actually constitutes this, you know, they're yeah. like you know, these people are telling their stories. Mm-hmm. Which is a very commendable thing that somebody's able that they've grown past what they faced, and they can tell their stories. Mm-hmm. But they're not a trained monkey, you know. They're they're not yeah. that that sideshow act that right. They're turned out 
that, that is what is going on, I guess, is what it is. Is there a mm-hmm. show act? It's, it's nothing but a circus. You know? Yeah. Here it is. Let's make a spectacle of them. Yep. And, well, and too hot. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, all I was going to say was you think about it, even for those victims or the survivors, rather, who have come to the point where they can freely and of their own volition tell tell their story even then these ngos they'll say great we can use this story as a way to make money so even though it's being done by you know with no coercion on the part of the of the survivor Mm -hmm. you know you'll see it and we've seen it oh man i can't even count the number of times where there may be a survivor who's moved past or maybe their trafficking situation wasn't necessarily uh hardcore or uh high risk and the organization is there saying hey if they tell this story and, and it's funny to hear them couch terms because this is this is how they say it oh we just want this individual to share their story share their road to recovery share that you know this is something that can happen to anyone and and this will just let people know that this is something that's important something that they can donate their money to and donate it to, to this kind of an organization where we can get more of these individuals and bring them to this same point of recovery. What they're really saying is, let's market this uh, this girl's story yeah, so it's that, a market. Uh, we can make money. Good call. It, it, it is. It's a marketing ploy. Yeah. I mean, couch it in whatever terms you like. Make it as spiritual as you like. Cause, and <laughs> anybody who's around me anytime... Crusader Foundation, we are not affiliated with any religious creed, we're not affiliated with any church structure, etc., but we're all people of faith. For me, I'm rabid about this stuff. That's part of where I got my code name from. But Christians and the Christian church seems to do this more than anyone else. I've seen organizations that uh, were born from the dark and dirty side, uh, you know, guys that, that have tattoos all over the place and ride motorcycles and enjoy a, a good beer or two take far more care and have far more concern for these survivors and victims and basically stand between them and the rest of the world. Whereas churches and these, these organizations that say that they're Christians and say that they're believers, boy, they're making money hand over fist, just marketing these, these stories and forcing in many cases, forcing these uh, well at that point if they're being forced they're victims again back onto the stage so that they can market market their little ngo so that they can create a business and that just makes me so infuriated with them on every level yeah i've seen ex-traffickers that have more concern about being on the right side of it yeah than yeah places are exactly and it shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. And that's part of what's, what, what, what makes us just kind of sit there and shake our heads is because it's like that you of all people, you know, for what, for the words that come out your mouth half the time, you should be the last ones to have any of this kind of nonsense going on. But um, anyway, you just see it. You see it so much. I mean, think about Christmas time. And this, this is one that, uh, we were out rolling. I don't remember what we were doing that one particular day, but it was getting close to Christmas. And 
we drove through like downtown, a couple of parts of downtown, and we were looking at all these different organizations that had their their campaign drives going for money for Christmas time. And you remarked, you were like, look at this where a time of year that still is kind of universally accepted, at least in the United States, as a time where we can think of others. You know, we give gifts. Uh, there's always the thought given to the poor. I mean, you've got all the Charles Dickens stories that come out this time of year, everything else. And the very reason for the season, you know, the the birth of Christ himself, the greatest gift. And here are all these people out here making a profit off of people's sentiment. I don't remember the exact words you used, but you said it was basically they're capitalizing on what should be a pure time of year one of the last ones and that's what they do with all of this they capitalize off of pulling people's heartstrings yeah but that's not secondhand well but actually you know they're they are it's it's they're they're it's all uh, i don't even want to get started on it (laughs) yeah yeah well i threw that out there just as a broaden broaden horizon for seeing how people are are taken for this even beyond just secondhand pimping because it's it's well, it's a common practice and then they just apply it to victims and then don't realize that that's or i well, hope that they don't realize you know you have a lot of mainstream organizations that are using this for their ways to get their money in the door yeah and they're not converting i mean and granted you know give your money to whatever organization you want to give it to sure uh but, you know, as we always say, try to analyze who you're handing your money to. Yeah. Because a lot of these places will say, you know, which, like what we deal with, a lot of places will say they have safe houses and they don't have safe houses. Yep. I've been to areas where there's supposed to be a safe house and it's not a safe house. <laughs> uh, but you also get organizations that say, you know, give us your money and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. You know, the other day I was listening to a commercial in a, in a city in the midwest and uh they're having one of their yearly banquets to tell how great they are Uh, (laughs) and and i'm hearing well they have a keynote speaker that's a ex-professional football player with a couple of super bowl trophies he's going to be the keynote speaker now i'm sorry um he's not coming for free yeah (laughs) Um, they're charging you 50 whatever ahead to come in anyway. Yeah. You know? But so, I mean, think about it. Your money you're donating to the great cause, you know, is paying somebody X amount of dollars to, to show up to talk to you for a half hour. Yeah. That has nothing to do with what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it's it's putting the money in the right places, and it, it ain't there. So like I said, yeah. the second hand pimping thing, it, it, it's you know, and, and the word pimp's got so many different stigmas with it. You know. Yeah. True. Um, you know, it, it's it's not like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, you're not going to see somebody in a technicolor green coat. It ain't happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
you're going to have that person that's the sweet little, the, the sweet little girl that's the Christian that's milking you for everything she can. Yeah. You know, that's going to tell you some bullshit story to make you think that she's went through hell. Yep. You know, and you're not going to realize how much she's basically um, hustling you out of. Yeah. yeah. By making you feel guilty because yeah. we can do so much more if you do this for us. Yeah. yeah. We're going to parade around a survivor, and, you know, in order to get you to free up your money, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's legal. It's legalized. It's almost extortion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, it's the, the the problem is with it is it's re-victimizing. Yes. And most of them are just too stupid to understand that they're doing it. Yeah. Either that or they are and they just don't give a shit. Yeah. Which yeah. I can see that a lot of it too. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you'd think some of them are like, well, you know, it's worth it in the long run whatever lies they have to tell themselves, you know, it's worth it because we'll save more victims or it's worth it because our organization will grow. Well, you know, we've had people come to us because it's, we can't believe what they've done to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes we heard that story. Yeah. You you can't believe what they're doing and, and, you know, can you help us get away from them? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's when you really sit there and go, okay, this, this has gone too far. When a B survivor is re-victimized to the point where they come to us and say, can you rescue me from them? <laughs> Which we have heard. Yep. <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah. And we have dealt with that. Yeah. And anybody that wants to challenge us about it, I mean, it's not like we're going to name names, but they know those people know who they are. Yes, they do. Yeah, they're the same ones who got victims killed. So just. What are you doing, standing on some train tracks or what? Yeah, pretty much. That's. Yeah. Not tied to them, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm good there. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I'd be I'd be speed talking at this point if that was the case. (laughs) Yeah. But the um, uh, lost my train of thought there. Pun intended. Yeah, anyway, yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> the uh, oh, I was gonna go into a little bit what we've seen with victims, sur- should be survivors, second secondhand victims. Um with how this affects them mentally with their healing process. Uh, You see these victims that come out of these situations. We've talked a little bit about some of the signs of human trafficking while they're in it. You know, the, the physical attributes, nervous tics, things like that, that can be indicators of a problem. And at some point we'll go more into understanding the mind of a of a victim but i'll touch on that briefly just so you can understand how the secondhand pimping affects them because 
some people might say, and if you do, please don't say it to us in person because I will slap your face, uh, that, you know, what harm is it doing because the victim's at least being taken care of? You know, what shouldn't they, you know, be able to help out the organization that's helping them? Here's the thing. When you're dealing with someone who's come out of a sexually exploitive human trafficking situation, you're dealing with someone whose mind has been broken. Okay, that is the, the way that they get control. Okay, human traffickers can really be divided into two groups. You've got your ego driven and you, then you've got your monetary driven. Monetary are the guys who organize crime. They, it's a business. Your ego-driven are your little local pimps. They're, they're the little gangbangers who it's a, maybe a status symbol or an extra way to make money. There's, you know, but one, one's chaotic, one's more controlled. We could go into all that later. But the biggest or the, the common theme there is that these victims are psychologically controlled more than they are physically. Yes, there's physical abuse. Yes, there's terrible things that happen to them physically. But physical abuse, if you know anything about torture, is all about also controlling the mind. It's about getting to the mind through the body. But that's not the worst kind of torture you can endure. The worst kind of torture you can endure is psychological. The feeling that something's going to happen. The How do you say it, Haas? It's, I, as long as I can make you believe I'm going to hurt you, I've done more than if I actually hurt you. Yeah, you're living in somebody's mind for free. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, um, you know, I'll go back to you know one of my old careers. You know, uh, it was just all people had to know was, you know, is there a possibility that he's coming? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't have to be in the same freaking state. You know, it's just is the possibility there? You It's just like when you're driving down the road and, you know, if you're speeding, it's like, well, there's a possibility I could get caught. So you slow down. Yeah. If you're going to go through that yellow light, man, there's a possibility I could get caught. So you don't run that light, you know? I mean, yep. It, it, it's like anything. It's in your head. Yep, exactly. And granted, you can only live in someone's head like that if they know that you will actually carry through. Yes. So, you know, that's, that's where the physical side of things come in is they understand that these people will carry through. But I think we talked about it just a little bit with, um, the, uh, early on, I can't remember what exactly the podcast was about, but where the trafficker doesn't even have to be around their victim anymore to control them because there's so much inside the victim's head. The victim is under the impression that any moment of any day they could be under observation. And if they're not acting in the way that they're supposed to be, there's going to be severe repercussions for it. So, you you know, you'll see a lot of it where a person can be incarcerated and they're still running their their business. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Very true. Which is, that's a, I guess that's a good thing to point out to say that that's what law enforcement doesn't understand. Just because you've taken someone into custody and, and you may think, you know, hey, this is for their protection. We've got them safe. Yeah. What did you say? I walked on you. Command. Say that one more time. I, I walked on you. I said they don't understand that there's a second, third, and fourth in command. Yes. 
you know, the same protocol that they follow, they don't understand that everybody, that everybody else can follow too. Yep, exactly. But that's why the criminal element has excelled for so many years. Yeah. There's always going to be bad guys. Yeah. But the problem is in this day and age, especially like with, as we're talking about with the second one, and anymore it's hard to tell the good guy from the bad guy. Yes. Yes, it is. That's we well, we probably gripe about that one pretty much every time we talk. So yeah, and we'll get into that more too when we get into yeah about the mind of, of the perpetrator. You know, yeah, leave them in a negative place too. You know, we're we're gonna break this down into so many different segments that you know we're not trying to be that long winded about it. And yep, we can still try to get our point across. Yep. So speaking of which, we got about two minutes left if we're going to keep this at 30. So I guess we'll start winding her down. That was what I hinted right there. That was pretty pretty cool of me, huh? Nice. Nice. Usually I'm the long-winded one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good, though, Haas. It's good. Um, okay, so I guess I guess to tie this one off where it's all actually makes sense, um, secondhand, the victims are – in a state where when they are pimped out the second time, it may not be in the exact same type of environment. It will not look anything like typically their actual victim stage where they were actually being trafficked. There's not the sexual abuse and etc. Typically there are exceptions, but what happens is, is that it's the same psychological control. These organizations, whether they realize it or not, they're exploiting the mental and emotional weaknesses of these victims because these victims. Okay. So you're a victim. You've just come out. You've got a safe place. You, you think it's supposed to be safe. It's a house someplace else. You know, there's, you're getting three meals a day. You're getting to sleep. You're getting to take a bath. You're getting, you know, changes of clothes, that kind of thing. Suddenly, you know, Hey, we want you to speak at this event. We want you to kind of share your story. I don't want to share my story. I'm not ready. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Well, we, we really feel like you should share your story. I'm not going to share my story. I don't want to. Well, it's part of our program. If you don't share your story, you're out of the program. Well, so right there, go, go ahead. Well, we have that one organization that we know of that takes the people shopping and buys them gifts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. And they say, well, it's getting them the things that they want or they need to move forward. It's like, yeah, but what's the cost of it? You know, yeah. they have to share their stories. They have to follow the, their protocol of going to classes. They have to do this. They have to do this. Yep. You know, what? there's no better uh, uh, example of, of secondhand pimping than that right there. Yep. We're going to provide you with this and this and this and this, but you're going to do this. Yep. Well, and to hammer on this again. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it's if you don't do this, we're going to take it all away from you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're back out. Good luck. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and to hammer this last point, the one that you see it incorporated with a lot of NGOs 
after the fact is this whole the classes that you have to attend are also Christian based meaning everything that they tell you is they're basically shoving this stuff down your throat this is what you should believe this is what's true and so on and again I agree with that because it is true but when you've just come out of a situation where you've been horrifically abused and your mind is broken and you are barely got your feet on the ground you're not going to buy into any story that God's love or that he's a good person or a good entity you're going to be sitting there laughing behind your hand because probably if you're a prostitute or not a prostitute man terms if you're a victim you were probably victimized by someone within the religious circles you're going to have seen hypocrisy firsthand. You're going to have heard hypocrisy firsthand. And so for them to immediately try and say, hey, not only are we going to utilize and exploit your psychological weaknesses to get what we want, we're also going to tell you how to think, which is exactly, exactly what the traffickers have done. They have said, this is how you will think. And if you don't think or you don't accept how to think by these NGOs and their classes, you're out. You're on the street. Which so it, is our second yeah. campaign phrase. Yeah. Exactly. So let's uh, let's get this buttoned up so we're not scaring people into thinking yeah. all the time. Yep. And uh, hopefully somebody will throw some questions at us. Yeah, yeah, guys, that, that would be nice. We'd love to hear what anybody's actually thinking. Yeah, I mean, questions, statements, you know, tell us to pound sand if you want, you know. Because um, the reason we say this is the simple fact we know that not everybody out there knows everything there is to know about this stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying we know everything there is to know, but we've got quite a good, uh, we, can, we can lead you down the right path. Yeah. Also, I was going to say, if, if we don't know everything there is to know, I can, you know, there's well, no way. Something new, there's always something we haven't seen. You know, I'd like to see yeah. all that we haven't. And yep. so, like I said, we want people to, to try to be more interactive with us. You know, uh, we'll try not to bark at you too much. You know, so anyway. But on that note, lead us to to the tune in again next week <laughs> okay all right well folks that has been us for this week um we will be continuing on with the secondhand pin thing there's some more to go into it'll be two or three sessions total um but until then there are sheep there are sheep dogs and there are wolves and it is time for you to pick a side